Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to another edition of the Mr. Warren Hayes Show. I, of course, I'm Mr. Warren Hayes because I do this all by myself and I decided to name the show after me. Why? Well, it's one part uh, ease of uh, finding on the internet, one part just pure old-fashioned ego. Well, there you have it. That, that, that's, how it uh, that's how it came about. It's not any more complicated than that. Folks, I am happy to be here with you tonight live on YouTube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes. Because yes, as I said, I do these live. I do them every Thursday evening, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right after my boy Anthony Souter is done over on Smart to Death. And you can watch, you should watch, you have to watch Smart to Death live as well on YouTube.com slash Smart to Death. It's part of the sm- hashtag Smart to Haze Thursday night evening of top-notch quality wrestling talk programming. And I do these live here in front of a live room. Kind of like kind of like a sitcom in the 80s when it was taped in front of a live studio audience. I do the same thing here. I do not fear the gaze of a live audience, ladies and gentlemen. I am not, I do not shy away from the uh, the immediate reactions of people living and breathing and actually watching me do things and stumble across words as I usually do. No, 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 no. I fear none of that. And, and just as you know, folks like Tim and Benoit and Kristen Ashley who are here with us, Robert Larry, Zachary Shiloh, Michael Stepney, just as all the Mr. Fretz, just as all these people do not fear coming to listen to me for you know 60 to 75 minutes at a time. That's that's all that's all to them. That's all in their that's all their uh, incredible contribution to humanity. Ryan Smith, how you doing? Welcome to the chat. Listen, you may, if you're watching right now, you know what's cool? It's a like. It's a thumbs up on the video. That is fantastic. Just like Kristen says in the chat, thumbs up, jabronis. We mean it with love, of course. But thumbs up, jabronis. Give the video a like. That's always a great, great help. Helps YouTube understand that people like I do. YouTube, if when YouTube understands that, there's good things that happen. And if you're listening to this on a podcast afterwards, because the Mr. Warren Hayes show is available on all podcast platforms afterwards, well, then you can leave a review, a like, a subscription, whichever way that you get to show love. That's also super appreciated and helps a great deal. JS Brown, how you doing? And yes, no fear indeed. I'm not even going to try and pronounce the pronounce it in Spanish. But yes, indeed. No fear. Thank you all so very much for being here. Um, as many of you know, with the new wrestling landscape that is developing before us, my, uh, uh, my other podcasting endeavors outside of the Mr. Warren Hayes show have also had a shuffle. Uh, I no longer do my NXT 205 Live NXT UK recap show on Fightful Select. Instead, on Wednesdays uh, after NXT, I pop on to the main Fightful channel, 
where myself, Sean Rossap, and Alex Pulowski re- recap the Wednesday night shows as in a Wednesday night war podcast. Uh, so uh, we've already started, although we're just covering NXT for now. We've already started, and we had a great show last night. Like, honestly, once we're done here, go to the Fightful um, YouTube, check it out, look for it. It was a great, great time. I had a fantastic time talking about NXT with Alex and Sean. Next week, we're going to we're gonna start reviewing, recapping both. I'll be watching NXT, Alex will be watching AEW, and then we'll converge, and we'll talk about both. So that's going to be fun. And then on Friday, starting next week, on the first edition of SmackDown on Fox, I will be uh, the the official color guy, the analyst, the, uh, the, uh, the spice and flavor of the <laughs> Fightful post-show, uh, SmackDown post-show. I will be there on Friday evenings, along with Sean, recapping the show. So that's new. That's part of my new uh, ensemble of things that I'm doing. So uh, I hope you guys are around for that as well and that you show uh, show some support over there as well. So that's fantastic. Another place where you can show support is belltobells.com. That's B-E-L-L-B-T-O-B-E-L-L-E-S.com. It's run by Kristen Ashley. It's a women's wrestling website. That's what we talk about there, women's wrestling. Kristen has some fantastic stuff lined up uh, coming your way. She has an interview with former Pro Wrestling Eve champion, uh, now retired, uh, Charlie Morgan. Uh, she uh, she was able to get a, an interview with her. That's going to be coming out in the next couple of days, and it's fantastic. I know it's fantastic because I've already had access to some snippets, to some notes. It's going to be it, it's going to be a great great interview. So check that out and all the great stuff that comes out of Bell to Bells. There's a fantastic staff of people who work there. It is absolutely f- amazing. Uh, so you guys should definitely go check it out belltobells.com or follow on Twitter at belltobells. Oh, I should change that graphic, that graphic right there, the Warren Hayes reviews graphic right there. That that's not that's not relevant anymore. That doesn't exist anymore on Fightful. It's done. <sighs> got I got to get my shit together. Uh, and next Saturday, not this Saturday, but the Saturday after See, because of all the shuffling, my prediction shows I'm going to try to do them on Saturdays. I'm going to try and do them on Saturday, uh, late morning kind of thing, you know, where we're all sort of, we're awake, we're about to have lunch, uh, and I will be joined, finally, by the Get Get the Tables podcast to talk about Hell in a Cell. We've been trying to do this for months, and it just hasn't been working out, but finally... We're gonna we're gonna do it. We're gonna sit down. So in two weeks, not this Saturday, next Saturday, the Saturday before Hell in a Cell, Saturday, 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 uh, with the uh, Get the Tables podcast to uh, to chat about all of those uh, great wrestling, uh, uh, all those great wrestling probabilities, predictions, predictions. They're, man, predictions are fun. Predictions are. are is going to be fun. And like Robert Larry says in the chat, next week is going to be crazy with wrestling programming. It's going to be crazy with. With with res- wrestling content creating as well, your boy Warren is very very busy, and he's gonna make himself a little busier. I have an announcement to make this evening, ladies and gentlemen. Something new, something fantastic, something that I'm pretty happy about that I've been uh, that's been mulling in the back of my mind for a while. And after discussing with uh, some of my closest, uh, some of the, that uh, some uh, after discussing with some of my closest <laughs> confidants. I have decided, ladies and gentlemen, to launch a Patreon. 
That is correct. I've decided to go out there and toss my name into the uh, the wide, wide world of Patreon-backed uh, podcasts. Um, so it's really simple, and it's live right now. It's it exists. You can go check it out. It's right here on the on the um, on the video right here, right there. <laughs> Patreon.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes is where you should head out. Now, if if you can go check out the page, but I decided to keep it simple. I'm I'm a simple guy. I like to keep things nice and 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 and, and clean and uh, and concise. I've got two reward tiers, essentially. I have one which is basically, as I like to call, it, I call it friend of the show. Where if you want to show monthly support for what I do here on Thursdays and. It, uh, and, uh, you know, my other endeavors, sure, but mostly what I do here and the prediction shows, the surprise streams that I do, if you want to show some support, become a friend of the show, you go over there, basic tier, it's two bucks, two bucks a month, and I w- and you will be, uh, you will be showing a concrete support for the Mr. Warren Hayes show, so that, that is very, very appreciated, and then I have another tier, which I call the Power Pal tier, and that's where I open up the valves. That's where I'm like, look, if you want to give, if you want to shell in a few extra uh, 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 dinero, uh, I I have a whole bunch of extra content, exclusive content, just for patrons who will uh, who will back me up at that tier, who will be a Power Pal, including, but not not exclusively, but will include, and a, a, a an extra. Uh, post Mr. Warren Hayes show stream just for Patreon. So on Thursday nights, when I shut down the mainstream, I open up a second one just for Patreons to wrap up a few, uh, yeah, a couple of more elements that I won't, don't have time to talk about on the show or just to shoot, shoot, shoot the breeze will be done live here as well. Watch-alongs. I'll be doing at least two watch-alongs a month on uh, on uh, to, uh, to Patreon exclusive members as well. Go go check it out. And the idea behind all of this is is because I you know I I like doing I love doing the podcast. I, I you know I like you know, of course there's always you know time investment, but I don't want to bore you with all that kind of stuff. You know how this kind of this kind of thing goes. There's a lot of people who are dependent on advertising. It's not something necessarily I want to do. I want to be able to. Um, I, I want to be able to um, to uh, to add to to keep the Mr. Warren Hayes show as independent as possible from sponsorship. Not because I think uh, sponsorships are bad, but if if I'm in a in a position to be able to continue and produce the content that I like that I want at my pace, my uh, at my leisure to a certain extent. That's that's really the dream, ultimately. Being able to stay, you know, keep my own editorial stance, not feeling I have to please agencies or sponsors or whatever. Just just let it flow like that. And if you if you like that stance and if you like what I do, well, I do appreciate whatever type of sponsor, well, every type of support that uh, that you can give. You can also still buy a t-shirt over at whatforapparel.com slash I'm not dead. You can also tip me as well at tinyurl.com slash tipwarren. However, the Patreon will give you back stuff. 
we'll give you give you some great stuff. And and if you do subscribe tonight, I already have some stuff just for you. I was mentioning Kristen Ashley's interview with Charlie Morgan over on Bell to Bells. Well, if you become a Patreon, a patron on Patreon tonight, you will have access to Kristen's notes. She was very very gracious, and I really 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 do appreciate it, Kristen. She, uh, she, uh, she, she ha- allowed me to post her interview notes with, uh, Ch- with Charlie, uh, for, uh, for, uh, Power Pals, $5 tier members, uh, on the Patreon, and a short clip of Charlie Morgan discussing training with Paige. So if you want to have a little access to that, a little preview to what the interview is going to look like, sound like, feel like, taste like, like your computers or other devices that's gross um go ahead and do that go ahead it's it's up right now if you were to just open up a page on patreon and you boop you could you'd have access to that for the power pals the five dollar tier members <sighs> it, it honestly i i'm not gonna lie i'm a little nervous about it but it i, I also feel good about it i i, I because i I'm going to I'm going to be creating all sorts of stuff there, and it's going to be a it's going to be loose. It's going to be good. It's going to be fun, and it's a work in progress. We'll see how things keep going forward, but this is going to be it's it, it's something new for me. It's something new, and let it be known that I always have always appreciated all of your support, regardless of what you decide to do. Coming on the shows, leaving five star reviews. The patriotic, it'll be like the most tangible way for you to show me, like, tangible, that uh, that you do appreciate uh, what I do here. So there you go, patreon.com slash Hayes. The links will also be in the description of, uh, of the show here, wherever you find it, wherever it happens. All right, let's get to it. I've been babbling a lot. As opposed to usual Warren, yeah, yeah, <laughs> funny, funny, you guys. WWE inspection time. All right, so what have we got to begin with tonight? Well, ladies and gentlemen, we have we we're going to kick things off this evening with some warm soda. Be- because the the initial warm soda is the initial of the Mr. Warren Hayes show this evening is the warm soda that we got on Monday evening with Seth Rollins, his whole Monday Night Raw. By the way, preface, I liked Monday Night Raw this week. I find that Raw has been on an uptick. It's been good shows. It's been a lot of fun. Um, And um, uh, so so that's fantastic stuff. So I'm looking forward to more and more uh, I'll be looking forward to more and more uh, um, raws like this as we keep going forward. But and there's but as far as Seth's evening went, I'm I'm a little mixed on it. I, 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 let's walk through it. I'll tell you what his opening promo was exactly the type of promo that people don't like about Seth Rollins these days. I survive and prevail. Eh. You know, it's like it, it's very, very bog standard, generic, uninspired um, Seth Rollins stuff. Braun then comes out, and then Seth starts saying, uh, Seth starts uh, starts to talk about how um, 
how he has a, you know, because Bray wants to challenge him for the title and Seth starts saying, you know, the, oh, I have a lot on my plate, you know, yeah, I, you know, I had you, I ch- clash, clash of champions, and then tonight I have, a, I have a, I have you at Clash of Champions, I had you at Clash of Champions, excuse me, folks, I had you at Clash of Champions, I have the winner of the Fatal Five-Way next week, I have Bray Wyatt at, at, at uh, Hell in a Cell, you know what, basically what this is, Braun Strowman, this is, this is presidential harassment. So basically, Bray doesn't. He, yeah, Bray doesn't doesn't really care, and he says, "Challenge me, Seth. I'm challenging. Are you challenging me?" And Seth is like, "Okay, I'll challenge you." Because Seth is an idiot. Because Seth is a moron. Because Seth knows, despite the fact that he's going into that he's going into a, a big big match a big title defense at a pay-per-view, he's still going to, you know, overextend himself because he's a moron. How do you get behind a champion like that? He's a fool. A fool, fool, fool. The super, super extra, number one, top-notch quality fool. You can't get behind that kind of moronicy anyway. But I'm going to tell you one thing. This, if they, if this is one of the reasons why I'm thinking, why I'm not just dumping this into the into the hot trash section. The, uh, the, if, despite the fact that I didn't like the opening segment, and despite the fact that I don't like how they're positioning Seth, um, if Seth, if the story of, let me start over. If Seth loses the title at Hell in His Cell, if the story of Seth losing the title was that he was overexerting himself, I am okay with this because that is what Seth Rollins does. He just goes overboard. He goes and he challenges Brock Lesnar to a fight when he doesn't have a match and where he's all banged up and bruised up from the night before because he's a fool. So if if the but 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 it it's in character for him. But I can't help but anyway. But it's in character for Seth to overexert himself to to get too much on his plate. So okay, so that so that's something. So I'm okay with that. And then we have the main event. We have the main event. It was him versus Braun. Braun was in control for the better part of it. He um, he he was just shoulder blocking Seth down to the mat, and Seth was selling them like a beast. He was selling them so hard. Look, I hope that. Braun Strowman is going to send Seth Rollins a nice gift basket full of local produce and jellies and cheese products. I hope he's going to send him one of those baskets for Christmas for every shoulder block that Seth sold for him because man oh man, Seth Rollins is one of these guys that can make Braun Strowman look like the animal, the beast, the mountain that WWE wants him to look like. It was fantastic stuff. Seth gets back in control, starts chopping Strowman down. He gets a super kick and he covers Braun who kicks out at one. So that's always good. I like uh, kicks out, uh, kick outs at one. Uh, there's uh, He hits double frog splashes. They can't get the job done on Braun either. Uh, he does a trifecta of suicide dives on the outside as well. Um... And um, basically, and then Seth eats the uh, rotating shoulder block or the, the the carousel. I don't know how you call it, like the pace around the ring that that 
Braun does to knock him down, and a power slam on the floor, and, and then back in the ring, Braun lit, lifts Seth up on his shoulder for clearly the running power slam, but then the lights go out and the Fiend arrives, and he mandible claws Braun down. Braun starts to stir after he's done. He mandible claws him again. I am okay with all of this. It just reminds me here. It just flickers in my mind that this this should have been the uh, the Fiend's first feud, first real feud, as opposed to going straight for the Universal Title. Have him beat. Have him go after. Braun Strowman. It makes sense for the Fiend to look super strong, taking down the 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 guy who's supposed to be invincible. So that makes that makes absolute sense. They have history. It's an easy story to get into to put that that could actually be used. So it's all good stuff. Of course, the question is, what do you do with Braun if he loses again? Well, look, the Braun Strowman ship has sailed. If you ask, if you ask me, they bungled him last fall when he was put in a position to try and get Roman over. You remember that? With the uh, his little trio, the Dogs of War. Was it was that? The Dogs of War? The, cause, yeah, because the other guys are the Hounds of Justice, the Shield. And, the, you know, uh, when uh, so there was that. Um, look, uh, and uh, there were multiple times where it would have made sense to put the universal title on Braun and they didn't, they didn't pull the trigger on it. I don't see them put, pulling the trigger on it anyway. So, Hey, you know what? Uh, this was very, very warm sort of for me from, from top to bottom. want to say hi to Andrew Thompson who's in the chat. Critical sting as well. Carlos, you finally made it. Jay King as well. Caleb Smith. What a nice house we have tonight. Lots of, lots of fantastic, fantastic folks. So um, so that was some some warm soda there. We're going to keep the warm soda going here with the OC versus the Viking Raiders. Look, this was a fun match. I loved how Eric uh, avoided um, uh, avoided a fireman's carrying carry by doing a uh, um, by doing a, a running double boot. Look, it was fantastic stuff. It was a fun match. Both guys worked hard. Uh, all four guys worked hard. Both teams, four guys. <laughs> um, uh, but I just, I just, I just wish it was. It hadn't been done here on Raw without stakes. You know, this was a feud that deserved to stretch on a little bit. Give, uh, give the Good Brothers something to do. War Raiders are over. That's a good thing. The squash matches that they've been pulling off for it feels like forever. Paid off because uh, people are excited to see the the War Raiders. I think it was smart as well for them to be booked as baby faces as opposed to heels. So uh, I'm just disappointed that they're pulling the trigger on this, and I'm kind of worried about the OC now. I'm kind of worried about uh, Gallus and Anderson. Um, yeah, we'll see what we'll see what happens. Uh, moving on. Uh, next, let's get rid of this. Warm soda. Let's get. Let's start handing out some cool beans. Like to Nikki Cross versus Sasha Banks. This was a fun, fun, fun match. I really liked it. Nikki Cross uncorked early on Sasha. She gets a monkey flip followed by a basement dropkick. Sasha stalled a lot, but that's. I'm cool with that. If you're a friend of the show, you know 
and I like me a good stall, but she she gets dragged uh, she gets um, dragged down into an arm bar. She keeps uh, she keeps uh, Sasha grounded. She being Nikki, of course, hits a crossbody, gets a sleeper hold on Sasha on the outside. That ends with Sasha dropping right on her back onto the floor. Sasha starts to fight back with double knees in the corner and a submission, but Nikki maintains the upper hand. Uh, she takes Sasha down with some strikes, the running bulldog. Some cl- that's some classic Nikki Cross offense right there. Sasha starts to work the left leg, running crossbody by Nikki Cross off the apron to the floor. She does her apron, the apron skirt spot, and hit go and um, goes for the purge. Bailey distracts which allows Sasha to hit a flying crossbody into the bank statement, which is always golden. It just flows so beautifully. And Nikki has to tap. And boy, she tapped quickly too, which is good because the, the bank statement has to be booked strong for this to work. Um, so this was a fun match. I And I'm going to give some cool beans to this match right here. But you know what? I'm going to give some hot trash to Sasha Banks' booking. It's official this week. They're fucking it up. They're fucking it up. It's official. I'm calling it. It's happening. They had a... a, This, to me, and I... I, Not a lot of... Not a lot. Not a lot. Let me try this again. Not enough people are talking about it online. But it is... On my, to my opinion, in my view right now, they're bungling this just as hard as Daniel Bryan versus The Miz when Bryan announced that he could return to wrestle. Sasha, her booking since her return has been terrible. It has not been good. Outside of her return, where she Beat the tar out of Natalia. She beat the tar out of uh, out of uh, Becky Lynch. Outside of that moment, it's all been she's been booked like a goof. Let's just run down what's happened since Clash of Champions. Just since Clash of Champions. Clash of Champions. This is what happens. Clash of Champions. She loses. Becky loses. Excuse me. By disqualification, she beats Sasha essentially beats her in the middle of the ring using foreign objects. Sure, Becky officially lost the match, but Sasha's on her back. The next night, you have Charlotte and Becky in a tag team who beat the Boston Hug Connection the right the the, the, the immediate night, the, the right on Monday night, the night after, night, night, night. I'm using the word night all over it. But, and, it and it happened when Sasha Banks distracted Charlotte. It allowed Becky, Becky to, 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 it allowed ba- Bailey to attempt a, a, a roll up on Charlotte. Didn't quite work, but then Charlotte hit the natural selection for the win. Okay. Uh, Sasha didn't get pinned, but didn't, didn't, uh, didn't do anything either. Didn't register a win and wasn't part of helping her team win. So she's a non-factor essentially in this match. Then the next night on SmackDown, Charlotte Flair defeated Sasha via disqualification when Bailey interfered. So maybe not, maybe a little more glorious, but you know it wasn't an absolute. It wasn't a pinfall loss, but 
still not a win, still not looking good because Bailey got the win here, uh, got the got the interference, and I mean. Um, then Sasha Banks then defeated Nikki Cross on Monday, which is her only strong win, if you want to call it that, because Nikki, if anything in that match, Nikki Cross looked strong. Nikki Cross looked fantastic. She pulled that match together, and Sasha just basically took the beating and got the out-of-nowhere win. She could have used a stronger win than this, but I'm digressing right now. And then on Tuesday on SmackDown, the Boston Hug Connection defeated Carmella and Charlotte Flair, which, again, uh, had to happen. And and uh, and uh, Sasha, I think it was Sasha, right, who got the bank statement. Anyway, she's not being booked strong. She's not being booked as a threat to Becky Lynch. What have I always said on this show? You need to build strong, strong contenders for Becky. The Lacey experiment didn't work. Natalia, we were halfway there. If they had built Natalia properly and, and not just let her be neglected and not do anything with her, then people would have probably been more into the match than it actually turned out to be. It was a great match, but the build-up, the anticipation for it, no one expected Becky to lose the match to Natalia. Sasha Banks comes back after her hiatus. Everyone is like, finally, something for Becky to sink her teeth into. But what does she have to sink her teeth into here? Becky obviously doesn't give a crap because, uh, uh, doesn't give a crap about legit, uh, like, defeating Sasha because she used some chairs and foreign objects uh, at Clash of Champions to beat her. And Sasha's her own worst enemy here. She's not doing anything to position herself as a strong, credible threat for Becky Lynch, which is what she should be. She's one of the top women in the division. That's how they should be booking her. Not as a not as a secondhand chump, essentially. So how would you book this, Warren? I'm glad you asked. Let's say let's start let's start off from the Clash of Champions. Let's let's keep the Clash of Champions result. Let's say Becky causes forces a DQ, Sasha wins by disqualification. All right? Let's keep it at that. The next night you don't have a rematch. You don't have a rematch. You don't have or or the, the tag team match, whatever. You, you have Sasha Banks come out Grab the mic, and she's mad. Actually, no, not even. Sorry. Um, Becky Lynch comes out. Sorry. Becky Lynch comes out and cuts a promo because Becky is really good at cutting promos. He keeps Sasha off the mic as much as possible. Becky comes out, and she gloats. Sasha, blah, blah, blah. Sasha blindsides her. Maybe a little predictable, but she beats the tar out of her. Like she literally just beats her up exactly how she beat her up when she made her return to Monday Night Raw. And she's mad. Then she can grab the microphone for a quick, quick promo, fired up. It's like, you don't take me seriously. Well, here, you know, you, you, you weaseled your way out of a match. You're an awful person, so on and so forth. But Sasha basically getting her licks in. Have her show up the next night on SmackDown Live with Bailey to help Bailey 
beat Charlotte. That's one thing that I didn't quite... Charlotte can take losses. They can have a rematch if they want. Have the have another rematch happen there, but have Sasha cost Charlotte the match. Charlotte can take all the losses that you need. It help continues to establish uh, Bailey's unwilling or uh, not unwilling, but uh, uh, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, um, unaware. Um, looking for she she's a heel but she doesn't realize it an unwitting heel there you go but but that that's what you do you you go in there and you get uh, you get uh, um you have her sh- you have her show up and 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 Sasha helps Bailey win the raw after that which was basically the one that we had this week you have uh her being uh Sasha be on the lookout for Becky Lynch because she knows Becky Lynch is going to show up don't have, you don't need to have uh, Becky on every show, right? She knows Lynch is going to show up. Very attitude error. It's something that we've seen before. Lynch arrives at the building, but she can't. She looks for Sasha, can't find her, and Sasha punks her again, and destroys her again, and just delivers a severe, severe beating. You could even call back to uh, to the face punch, the Nia Jax face punch, if you want. You can do all sorts of things. Keep this for later on. Have a progression during the evening. You know, where you have camera shots of Sasha walking around and then um, uh, looking for, for Becky Lynch. Then you have Becky Lynch arrive and then she starts looking for Sasha. Can't find Sasha. Just have these segments. Have the tension build and then have Sasha just dominate once again. Then the next night on SmackDown, have them... Uh, have uh, have uh, the Boston Hug connection. Have a match. Have a match. Fire and Desire, Kabuki Wars, doesn't matter. Or even against the tag team champions. It doesn't matter. Just have them show up, have their match, and then Becky shows up here, goes for Sasha, but Sasha hits the bricks. She evades. Becky can't get her hands on her. Then we move into the first SmackDown on uh, on Fox. Maintain that, that, that tag team match that you have. Charlotte versus Becky versus the Boston Hug, uh, Sasha and, um, excuse me, Charlotte and Becky versus the Boston Hug connection. Maintain that match, but let it be chaotic. Let it finish in a schmoz. Like, there, you have the legal women in the match. Meanwhile, the two others are fighting on the other side of the, on the outside of the ring. Let it go to a non-decision. It doesn't matter. Just let them go wild at each other, tossing each other everywhere. Because here's the thing. Becky and Sasha is supposed to take place in Hell in a Cell. Hell in a Cell is a place where you have these these feuds culminate into uh, into this into Hell in a Cell because the feud has got that much heat to it because it needs a huge payoff. There's no huge heat to uh, Becky versus Sasha right now. It's kind of just there because they're not booking Sasha properly and this has nothing to do with Sasha Banks this has nothing to do with uh, with uh, me liking her or not I like Sasha Banks that's the I bleh, that's the thing and it has nothing to do with oh well Sasha uh, Sasha should she you know she kicked Alexa too hard and she's being punished nothing like that it's not it's not that at some point you have to think about your show you have to think about what you're doing to create buzz right now I don't see any reason for Sasha Banks to defeat Becky Lynch. Outside the fact, 
unless you take her pedigree, that she's one of the four horsewomen, she's one of the top women in the company, sure. But outside from that, I, I'm not excited to see the match, not excited to see the Hell in the Cell, I'm not into it. It will probably end up being a really good match. And probably when I recap the show, I'll eat my words and I'm like, well, why we didn't need the build. So, because the match was really, really good. Probably. And you know what? I kind of hope so. But in the meantime, Sasha Banks is looking like a fool. <laughs> Not necessarily a fool again. But, but you, you see, that's the thing. That's just the thing. Is that you need Sasha to be... To, to go after Becky Moore, to 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 prod and, and poke at her and get her, you know, chip at her, take her down, get some comeuppance. We need, basically, you need Sasha Banks to get on the level of presidential harassment. All right, so there we go for the, uh, that was my little hot trash. Let's go back to some cool beans. Carmella becoming 24-7 champion. That's good. I like that. If only for the fact that it mixes up the 24-7 title. It's not no longer going to be just Drake Maverick and R-Truth, you know, separating the title between them both. Now it even seems that we have the women involved. We have a crew of, of WWE women chasing the title now. Did you notice the Iconics were part of that? Yeah, like, if the 24-7 title is going to cycle through the women's... Uh, the women's... If the, yeah, the women's... If, uh, if the 24-7 title is going to cycle through the women's division for a little while, sure, I'm okay with that. Yeah, absolutely. That's going to... Be, it's just going to be a breath of fresh air. And did you notice who was in that crew? Both on Raw and on SmackDown? The Iconics? You kidding me? The Iconics with the 24-7 title? That's a match made in heaven right there. So, so I'm okay with that. I'm. I, it'll. It'll. Uh, it'll freshen up the uh, the 24/7 title uh, before it became um, before it became terrible. Mr. Fred says then uh, Drake pins Renee. You know, Renee is probably going to win the title. Renee Michelle is probably going to win the title. I think that's what's. Uh, I think that's what's going to happen here. Uh, some more cool beans. Baron Corbin versus Chad Gable. I loved this match. I thought it was fantastic. Gable got some strikes in or uh, some strikes in early, but Corbin took him down with a big running back elbow. Gable tries to work the neck, and uh, but uh, Corbin launches him into the audience. And there's unfortunately though a lot of the main event crossface from Baron Corbin here, sort of returning back to his uh, to his roots where he likes to slow things down and you know, lock in these uh, these rest holds early on in a match. Gable hits the moonsault, but Corbin kicks out of it. Uh, he uh, Gable rolls out of the end of days and hits the uh, and gets the ankle lock on, but Corbin grabs his scepter and knocks Gable the fuck out. Uh, so that forces the DQ, and again, people are they're pissed that that Chad Gable didn't win. Guys, gals, I'm going to tell you right now this is the best feud in WWE right now. It is the best feud in all of WWE. It's working so well. Outside of the stupid-ass short jokes, it is just fantastic. Because you know what? Baron Corbin... They, okay. They, they did pull this off right. 
in creating Chad Gable as an underdog. I think his underdog character lacks nuance. He's always, he always looks very pouty. You know, he doesn't he doesn't respond when people make fun of him. That you know, uh, that's one thing. You know, when you're when you're uh, when you're being bullied like that, you have to respond back. Yeah, you you just have to respond back because at some point the bullying will just reach levels of presidential harassment. Uh, so when it, when it comes to Corbin, Corbin has just been a fantastic heel the entire time, and he's elevated. He has absolutely elevated his in-ring game over the past few months. He's just been absolutely fantastic. It's just been really, really good. I'm proud of. Uh, I'm proud of Baron Corbin and and uh, what he's developed into. He's been working with guys that he's been a, that that play off him well, and he's also always been adding a little something new to his offense every week, and that's something I can appreciate. And right now, everything they've done to make to get Chad Gable over is working. The chase is working. Uh, uh, Baron Corbin is the mini boss. Of uh, <laughs> it's the mini is the mini boss of of Raw right now, and everyone wants Chad Gable to get a win over him because we're all fed up that Corbin keeps eking out these wins that he's just a dick that he would and you can't even be mad at Corbin Corbin using the scepter to win against Gable was the first time that he's overtly cheated in months he didn't cheat once or win with any shenanigans. Uh, throughout the uh, throughout the King of the Ring tournament, so this is it, it's all coming together so really really perfectly well. Very basic, simple storytelling with effective characters booked properly and giving us compelling matches, great in ring stories that we can get behind as well. It's one thing to have to have the the narrative. But the in-ring stories, holy shit, it's been so, so good. This is, Right now, there's not a feud I'm digging more in WWE than this one here. So cool beans, Baron Corbin and Chad Gable. And also cool beans to the AOP with their promo this week where they're like sitting down doing their, <laughs> doing their promo and then they're like, they just look at each other at, at some point and they stand up, they head into the hallway and they beat the shit out of no way jose and um uh not hawkins but um heath slater <laughs> they just beat the shit and then they go and sit back down and they dust themselves off and they finish their promo i thought that was great i thought that was great uh i'm going to condense things here because i'm i, I do want to talk about other stuff that's one of the reasons why i started a patreon guys so that i can talk about more stuff and if you want to hear me talk about more stuff, you can come join me. The Fatal Five-Way was fantastic. That's unquestionably cool beans. And I'm not going to run down the match. I do have all my notes here. It bugs me. But man, Ray is, is extraordinary. This match was so good. And again, again, it was so well booked. Ray winning was absolutely spot on. It was fantastic. The crowd was into Ray absolutely into it once ricochet was taken out people were like oh ricochet is out so early but your winner is ray right when you book the match you say okay well raise the winner you get rid of the other crowd favorite the other guy that might muddy up the crowd reactions 
You just toss him out early. Doesn't hurt him much. Doesn't hurt him much. And then everyone is all 100% behind Rey Mysterio. He got a huge reaction. The crowd was so hot. It was well-paced. It was well-booked. You know, guys, we give a lot of shit to WWE. And you guys know I'm the first. Give them a lot of shit for when they fuck things up. Like what they're doing with Sasha Banks. But when they do things right, god damn, it's right. And Ray winning here was the absolute right thing to do. The audience was into it. We all bought into it. We're all looking forward to the match this Monday. And that's fantastic. Is it distracting from the hell in the cell? What is even Bray Wyatt versus Seth Rollins? I don't know. That's good stuff. That was good stuff. Um, I'm going to give some more cool beans to um, Mustafa Ali versus Shinsuke Nakamura. Man, that was short, but so efficient and good and sets the stage for more. Give these guys 15 minutes on pay-per-view. I am into it. Put these guys in hell in a cell. Um, Ali almost wiped himself out doing a, a, a dive to the outside. Like he almost landed flat on his face and somehow he saved himself from, saved his neck from snapping. He hit the, his rolling X factor and uh, his Tope Kunhilo over the ref onto Nakamura on the outside, lands on his feet and rolls through it. Jesus. Just give this guy all the titles already. That stuff was amazing. He's so good. Um, the ending was fantastic. Where Sami Zayn baiting Ali into into the ring, and as Ali is hitting the ring, standing up, Nakamura is there waiting for the Kinshasa. That was so good. Perpetuates the feud, makes us feel sorry for Mustafa Ali, makes us hate the combination of Zayn and Nakamura even more. Look, it's it's your basic wrestling storytelling. Is uh, uh, is uh, Mustafa Ali a stupid baby face? Yes, yes he is. But you kind of have the impression that WWE doesn't know how to book a smart baby face. If AEW wants to differentiate itself, you know who was booked as a smart baby face this week on NXT? Matt Riddle. Matt Riddle, at the end of his match against uh, um, uh, Killian Dane, he had Adam Cole come down to challenge him, right? And they go at it. Uh, Riddle locks Adam Cole in an arm bar and holds it there. Of course, what happens? The rest of the Undisputed Era runs out to save Cole. What does Riddle do? What does Riddle do? Does he stay in the ring and try to fight off the other three guys? No, he hits the bricks! Because <laughs> that's what a smart guy does. He's like, whoa, there's three guys coming here. Ciao! I, and his, you know, basically his message was sent to Adam Cole. That's all he needed to do. I swear, if that had been Seth Rollins, he would have stayed in there and got beaten down like a chump. No, like a fool. And we're gonna finish up with uh, we're gonna finish up with some warm soda here, folks. The uh, Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon segment at the end, and I'm gonna tell you why. You guys probably already know that I really hate this because I hate main event segments, especially when it's like, oh, we're going to have lawyers in the ring. I'm like, geez, what a draw. That's something that's going to keep me waiting till the very end, right? That's good. Ah, it's got excitement written all over it. Holy bajoops. Um <laughs> So of course I don't like I, I don't like the idea of the show ending with this. I don't like 
Shane McMahon, he basically said, "You, Kevin Owens, you, uh, you, you said uh, you said you wanted to." Um, you said you uh, you wanted to come out here, so why don't you come? And it's like, no, no, no. It's Kevin Owens who told you, Shane, to come to the ring so they could talk about it. It's, he, he got all that messed up. Uh, calls the lawsuit frivolous. Look, at you know, all the talk stuff. But what it boiled down to, what it, what it slimmed down to, was essentially getting a ladder match with stakes. A loser leaves town match, essentially. Uh, on the uh, first SmackDown on, on Fox, and I'm okay with that. Sure, we've seen Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon before. I am 100% okay for the first Raw uh, SmackDown on Fox, on network television, for people who maybe have not watched WWE in such a while to see these two guys do stunts on each other. Sure, I'm okay with that. And if it means Shane McMahon being off of my TV for a long fucking time... I'm doubly okay with that. So this is why it's kind of warm soda. Of course, if Shane wins, this is turning into hot trash like that. You can count on that. You can bet on that. But, you know, in the me- in the meantime, I'm I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. But I swear, honestly, KO doesn't win. Shane McMahon goes on one of these win streaks again. I swear, like to me it's going to be on the level of it's going to be on the level of what could it be on the level of? It could be the equivalent of uh, presidential harassment. That was the uh, WWE inspection. How's everybody doing? <laughs> oh, a busy chat this evening, folks. I'm really glad that everyone is here tonight. Uh... Yeah, and Kristen Ashley in the chat says, listen, I drink warm soda more than you think, and it's not that bad. Of course, that's the point. It's not that bad. Warm soda is not that bad, but it's not that good either. It's just kind of like there. It's not so bad, but it's not it's not great either. Let's put it that way. Um, what's going on here? There we go. Um, so thank you, everyone, for being here tonight. Again, I'm just going to do a quick reminder before we start, we move on to talk about other things just so that you remember i uh, i'm launching a patreon i talked about this at the start of the show and if you're just joining uh recently uh it's at patreon.com slash mr warren hayes i go check it out i'm going to be doing a whole bunch of extra content for those who want that kind of stuff in their life and why why wouldn't you really when you think about it uh, it'll be, it'll be really the best way to support the, the show and we're going to get, you're going to get, we're all going to get more stuff. It'll be fantastic. So I'm really looking forward to all of that. So, uh, patreon.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes, feel free to, to go check that out. And there's already stuff up there. Charlie Morgan interview related things, courtesy of belltobells.com. Kristen Ashley, thank you for that again. I want to talk about new Japan pro wrestling. Because I feel we're talking a lot. Um, I feel we're talking a lot about. Um, we're talking a lot about AEW these days, for better or for worse, <laughs> and NXT and WWE and all that stuff. But you know, New Japan has been running the 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 the, uh, the destruction tour. It's been happening. I I've, I've tried to catch up as much as possible, but I did I did watch Destruction in Kobe, which was the last show this weekend. 
Um, and, uh, and I'm glad I did. Uh, there was, um, there's some, there's some stuff like this. I'm like, um, but, um, but there is some good stuff that came out of, uh, that, that came out of the, the, um, and some great stuff actually that came out of Destruction and Kobe this weekend. Um, like I said, it was the last stop on the tour. Uh, we had a couple of, uh, it was the ending, the, the conclusion of the new lion cup, uh, the young lions cup, new lions the Young Lions Cup, uh, which is essentially a tournament for the Young Lions. And if you're not familiar with the Young Lions, well, it's, it's essentially, uh, it's New Japan's developmental. Uh, they have dojos. They have uh, in Japan, in the United States, specifically in Los Angeles. Um, and um, they, uh, once a year, they have the uh, their, their New Lions, they have them fight for a trophy, just like, uh, just like the junior heavyweights do, just like the heavyweights do. The tag teams, well, they have one for the Young Lions as well. And that, it was the last one, uh, it was the last stop on that evening uh, for, uh, that evening was the last stop for the, uh, for the Cup. Uh, we had, uh, the last match was Carl Fredericks from the, uh, from the LA Dojo against Shota Shooter Umino. This was good. It was a good, good match. Carl Fredericks ends up winning the uh, Young Lion Cup. Uh, Umino is as solid as ever. Fredericks is so good, and he's got this little air of showmanship to him that he's he. You can tell he's trying to pull back because when you're a young lion, you, everyone looks the same. They all have black trunks. You don't have a character. You don't have. You, you're not flamboyant. You don't have. You don't have a personality to come across. But you can tell, Fredericks is just he's chomping at the bit to let his charisma run wild, man. He, this was a really, really good match. Uh, if you want to see two of uh, uh, New Japan's sh- uh, shiniest future prospects, you got to check it out. It was really, really good. Then we had Chase Owens' Bad Luck Folly and Yujiro Takahashi, the Tokyo Pimp from Bullet Club, taking on Togi Makabe, Hanma, and Toa Hanare. No big uh, surprise here, Bullet Club. Won that one. It was not a good match. What was good, though, what was good, Minoru Suzuki, Zack Sabre Jr., Kanemaru, and Kanemaru, essentially, Suzuki-gun, defeated Justin Thunder Liger, Hiroshi Tanahashi, Tiger Mask, um, oh, and Duki, that's right, Duki was in, was in with uh, Suzuki-gun. They defeated Liger, Tanahashi, Tiger Mask, and Rocky Romero, the, the match lasted three minutes, but this is not why it's a cool thing. This is not why it's cool. Because you've probably heard it by now. J- uh, Liger, throughout the match, Suzuki's been, Su- Suzuki has a feud brewing with, with Liger. And throughout the match here, uh, uh, Suzuki was trying to unmask Liger. He had unmasked him... Um, I think at the Beppu show a couple of nights before. Um, and he's trying to unmask him. Liger's fighting back. He shoves him off and then Liger unmasks himself to reveal Kishin Liger. And Kishin Liger is essentially, it's essentially uh, uh, Jushin Liger's alter ego. Based a la uh, Finn Balor and Demon, a la Bray Wyatt and The Fiend. Only Kishin Liger has, uh, from what I've read, 
has only appeared like four times in the storied career of, of Liger. We've only seen the Keishan uh, version of him. This was well, the fourth time. So that makes it, that makes this show a really, really big deal. Pulls it off on, uh, on, uh, on Suzuki. And what, what makes this special, what makes this unique, is that Liger, who is a, he's a babyface, He's essentially, you know, he's a he's an anime good guy. He becomes a violent psychopath. So this is essentially Suzuki, Minoru Suzuki, who brought this out, who, who po- poked and prodded the bear a little too much, and the bear struck back. The bear tried to stab Minoru Suzuki with a pick, and he drove it through a table. Kind of like what happened when uh, when uh, Liger and uh, the Great Muda fought in uh, 1996, uh, 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 Kishin Liger appeared during that match as well, and he tried to stab Muda. It was the same thing. That was amazing. Caleb Smith in the chat. By the way, how you doing? Um, Caleb says Kobe was also the first time uh, Kishin Liger came out. So that's an interesting tidbit right there. Coming full circle because, of course, you know you've all heard by now that uh, Liger. This is his farewell tour. He's retiring at uh, his final match. Will quite likely be at Wrestle Kingdom uh, in January next year. So he's pulling out all the stops, right? Pulling out all, uh, all the, the the big hits. So that was a big deal. This is fun. I mean, I'm intrigued to see where they go with this moving forward but this definitely it was special in and about itself uh we had uh, tomohiro ishii will osprey uh Sho and yo and yoshi trashy chaos defeating kenta taiji ishimori el fantasmo tamatanga and tangaloa uh this was fine it was a fine match uh yo pinned tangaloa for the win clearly rapungi 3k going for the heavyweight tag team championships, which I'm okay with, I am 100% fine with them going after, um, going after the um, the heavyweight title, despite the fact that they're juniors. Of course, that's what I, that's what I'm implying, um, which just begs to question why why do we even still have junior heavyweight tag team titles in New Japan? There's. Uh, just merge them already. It's it, it's silly, but um, we'll see. Uh, we'll see if Yo, how 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 much Yo is focused here? Because I don't know if you guys saw this on Twitter. This was pretty funny. Yo has an art installation in Japan called the Fountain of Ideas. Uh, he he has an art installation at Tokyo's Art Complex Center. And when asked to describe his his art installation, he says, it's a toilet. The theme of this place is the idea of my room. And that's running through here with that image. When I did an exhibit in Utenji earlier this year, people were drawn to the piece called Pooh. So basically, he has an art installation which is a, a toilet uh which he says it's it's essentially like his it represents his area where he goes to think 
and he's done another art installation that had something to do with poo. So your boy, your boy Yo, clearly has some um, affinities with excrement or something. You can go check that out. There's an article on New Japan uh, NJPW1972.com uh, <clears throat> about it. Even pictures of his art installation. It's interesting, to say the least. So hopefully he'll be he'll be ready to take on the uh, to take on the Gorillas of Destiny. Um, then we had uh, then we had another really fun match. Sonata Evil and Bushi Lij defeated Kazuchika Okada. Um, Kazuchika Okada, Kota Ibushi, and Robbie Eagles. Um, couple of notes out of this one here. Uh, Sonata is over. He uh, he got chance early on, um, and uh, I think that uh, it, it, there was a lot of confrontation between him and Okada. Some some shoving at the end of the match as well. Um, there's a in the match at some point. Sonata has I think it's Eagles. He has Robbie Eagles in the skull end, and he's doing a spinning skull end with him. And Okada comes into the ring, goes to drop kick the spinning uh, the spinning uh, um, Sonata, but Okada in a rare rare moment, like this is the kind of thing that you pull out your cameras and you take a picture of for posterity because no one will actually believe you. Okada whiffed a drop kick. Like he hit, he did the drop kick. He was supposed to hit Sonata and Sonata was supposed to fly off, release Robbie Eagles, right? Okada missed it, but he completely whiffed it. So <laughs> Sonata spins a couple of times more and then he just stops, <laughs> sort of looks at him and is like, kick me. <laughs> And Okada did the drop kick. <laughs> but then, I, I I didn't know how planned it was or not, but then after the match, because the match was fine, the post-match angle was a lot more interesting. We had Sonata and Okada jaw-jacking at each other, and then at some point, Okada starts starts uh, throwing drop kicks at him, standing drop kicks at Sonata, and Sonata just, he just moves out of the way. <laughs> he just like, nope, didn't hit me, whoop. And I don't know if it was planned. I don't know if Sonata was surprised by this or not, or if it was, or if they were just playing off the unfortunate whiff that happened in the match. It was, it was really, really good. And then after, when they were done playing around, Ibushi and Evil started just slapping the shit out of each other. My lord. Oh, my goodness. There's a rumor going around. There's a, there's a rumor going around. Um, and, and Critical Sting in the chat said, Yes, I am saying that Okada botched a dropkick. Like I said, this, is, this, it, this footage belongs in a museum. I, I'm telling you. But uh, coming back to the rumor that I was talking, there's a rumor going around. That the i that there's a that they're playing up Sonata versus Okada so that Sonata will challenge Ibushi for the wrestle the Wrestle Kingdom contract that Ibushi won at the G One, and in the meantime they're going to have Evil try to go through 
Ibushi. And then lead up to Sonata, and then even having Sonata win the contract and get the spot at Wrestle Kingdom because I look, I've been on, I've been a big, big proponent of Sonata. I think he's fantastic. I think this year he's been shining through and through. Maybe results-wise, his G1 wasn't fantastic, but his matches were in his final sequence, the final few matches that he's had that he had there were absolutely outstanding. Is it a Wrestle Kingdom level match at this point? Sonata versus Okada, there's a de- we can debate that. I'm not quite sure myself. But goddamn, if it wouldn't be interesting to have Ibushi drop his Wrestle Kingdom contract to Sonata. Because Sonata's getting over like crazy now. That's the thing. Is that he's he's getting over so hard. People aren't realizing. Or, or not people, but Gato is probably maybe even he, thinking, well, maybe I should put him in the main event. Or keep building him as a legit main event, main event player. I'm excited to see how this goes. Aaron J's fan in the chat says, keep Ibushi versus Okada at Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, I, I'm not complaining. That's, that's a fantastic main event. Then we got Hiroki Goto versus Shingo Tagaki. Folks, this was fantastic. This is the kind of wrestling in New Japan that I adore. Yeah, these two meaty meat men just laying into each other. This is a rematch from their G1 match where Goto lost on the final night to uh, Tagaki. Uh, Tagaki uh, cost essentially Goto the possibility of moving on to the B Block finals. It was fucking awesome, this match. Uh, they just laid into each other. Like at about the 13 minute mark, they just they just start open hand slapping each other. And then, ha! Ah! They start suplexing each other all over the place. Shingo hits Made in Japan. Goto kicks out. Goto hits the scariest of Ushiguroshis. Like, this is how he lifts. Shingo's not a, he's not a small man. He lifts him completely, completely parallel. He just lands over his knee. It was so, so good. It's a scary sight. And the GTR ends at Goto wins. Goto's evening would not be done here. We didn't know at this point, but Jay White in the next match, main event, defeated Tetsuya Naito to become the Intercontinental Champion, IWGP IC Champion. <gasps> Can't say I saw that one coming, but I'm I could sit around here and I've done it before. I could sit around here and tell you I'm mad that Naito lost again. I could, but but I'm not. I could, but I'm not. I could sit around here and tell you that uh, Gato hates Naito. But it's wrong, and I'm not going to do it. It's Not only is it wrong, but it's, it's presidential harassment. What they're doing here right now is they are, they are building the best heel in all of professional wrestling in Jay White. That's what Gato is doing right now. Because there are no mega heels outside of Jay White in New Japan. 
pure, unadulterated heels, there just isn't any. Naito acts as a heel. Naito is not a heel. He can act like one, but he's not. I thought this match was outstanding. I thought it was a great, great match. White Saito suplexes were on point and snappy. Naito was all charisma and fury, but he couldn't get it done. Jay White hit a Blade Runner out of nowhere. Becomes the new IC champ. He rags the crowd. The LIJ fans start leaving. And he takes great joy in that. And I'm going to tell you guys. I'm going to tell you another reason. Jay White. He's solid in the ring. His character is perfect. And he gets people to leave the arena when he wins. I... I put this out on Twitter and I and I stand by it. He's the best re- he's the best heel in the business. And of course, I had a bunch of people coming to coming to me and said, "MJF, MJF is fantastic as well. He is a top heel." But I'm going to tell you guys, one of the reasons that I don't believe MJF is the heel in the business is because people like him as a heel. They like the heel aspect of his character. He comes out and he's he has witty quips. You know, he's super charismatic and he but he's he plays the crowd and he he does it in a very sardonic way where he he can uh where the audience at both hate what he's saying but love how he's saying it. He's a bit of a cool heel. He's great in what he does. He's committed to his gimmick. I take nothing away from his work. But Jay White is disliked. People just don't like him. And when he cuts his promos, his promos aren't... He doesn't base his promos on trying to find clever ways to insult his uh, to insult his opponents. No, no, no. He sticks to what he's done in the ring, to his past. He, he called one of his moves the, the TTO, right? The Tanahashi taps out because the first time he pulled it out... Tanahashi tapped out to it and he won the match. He's calling it the TTO. He calls it that. He's not trying to be clever. And then when people start filing out of the arena because he won, he makes fun of them. Oh, isn't that so too bad? Why don't you guys stay? He just makes fun of them. Doesn't call them basement dwellers or virgins or uh, role players or LARPers or whatever. Just says boo-hoo-hoo. And until MJF gets people to file out of an arena because he's winning matches, he's not the greatest heel. He's not the best heel. And a couple of people then even came back to me and said, well, if they're filing out of the arena, that that sounds like go-home heat to me. If they're not coming to the show, if they're leaving when you come to the ring, that's go-home heat. If people are sticking around to see their favorite try and beat you and hopefully beat you, that's not go-home heat. A good heel comes with good baby faces. He's fu- He fought and defeated the biggest baby faces in New Japan. He's beat Kazuchika Okada. He's beat Hiroshi Tanahashi. He's beat Tetsuya Naito. He said it himself in his post-show promo. 
He's fantastic. He is really excellent in what he does. And he doesn't care if he's if he's liked or cool or not. That's not his job. His job is to make people hate him so when the good guys win, it's even more special. He knows he's part of a system to create stars. He understands that. And and Naito probably understands it as well because he lost again. And you know, unless unless we find out later this week that he's leaving New Japan Pro Wrestling, which I don't think will be the case. It's just fantastic. He's absolutely spot on with his work from A to Z. And I'm not taking any anything away from Tommaso Ciampa, from MJF, from Nick Aldis. They're all good, great, fantastic heels. But they're not on Jay White's level. They're just not. They're the baby face that North... He's, excuse me, he's the heel that North American promotions would like to be able to build. But for some reason, they can't make it happen. Anyway, so after he wins, Hiroki Goto comes out to challenge him for the IC title. Now, Goto... Goto here... Um, He's he's had a bit of a redemption run in the G1. The, part of the story of the G1 was Goto getting big wins, positioning himself as a winner, as opposed to his G1 last year, which was abysmal, and his so-so record, right? He's in a bit of a career renaissance. They're booking him strong. They're putting him in a better position. He got his win back over, uh, over Tagaki tonight. Uh, not tonight, a couple of nights ago this weekend so he's back on a winning on, on the winning track and he comes out challenges jay white over whom jay white has a uh, jay white has a win over uh over goto during the g1 if i'm not mistaken i think i'd have to check back my notes i don't remember but here here goto coming out to challenge for the ic title is a big deal because he's positioning he's seeing himself as bigger than what we even perceive him to be uh, he's the never weight op- he's the never weight champ guy not necessarily he wants to elevate himself what does jay white do not more you're not worth my time son nope i and he goes backstage and he cuts the promo and he says i've beaten tanahashi i've beaten okada i've beaten naito Goto, are you kidding me? He's under me, essentially. I am 100% here for a Goto run that leads to him heading into Wrestle Kingdom to face Jay White for the IC title and win it. And then have White, in the meantime, take on other challengers fight other guys, put the title on the line for other guys, but ignoring Goto. And Goto, just getting madder and angrier at him, showing up during his matches, but White being, nope, 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 until White can't ignore him anymore. That would be so perfect. It would be a great story for Goto. 
the legitimate redemption story, trying to elevate himself out of his station in the in the uh, the eyes of the fans of management. No, I'm not. I'm I'm not a mid card player. I can hang up there, and he can. He's had fantastic matches this year so far. And to have it all culminate at Wrestle Kingdom with the IC title, oh man, that would be so, so, so good. That'd be fantastic. I would really, really dig that. So those were the, the, the Kobe matches. We have some New Japan this weekend as well. We've got the matches. We've got the, uh, not the matches, but the uh, Fighting Spirit Unleashed that's happening in Boston, New York, and uh, Philadelphia. It's going to be real interesting to see what happen, what, what's going to happen. I, I'm running out of time. I don't want to keep you guys here indefinitely either. I would have liked to run down the the, the matches, but you know how it is when you hang out with the, Warren, with the Warren Hayes on the Warren Hayes Show. One last thing, just before we go, Kenny Omega's promo this week I thought was fantastic. I thought it was amazing. And it was a critique. It was, it was a critique of everyone getting bent over backwards because of a promo. Because of a promo that he cut promoting his company. Promote, you know, promo is short for promotion. That's what he should be doing. That's what they all do. It's promotion. Kenny Omega is in he's in AEW. He's uh he's in he's a vice president of the company, he's part of the ownership. Of course he's gonna be all he's gonna say stuff where he's gonna try and take shots at the other company. Sure, I'm okay with that. <clears throat> That's part of the game. I'm 100 percent okay with that. Then everyone gets bent out of shape. What does he do? He goes on being the elite and he cuts a fantastic asinine promo where he, first of all, he does an apology and then there's some, you know, they keep recording, you know, and then he, where he, where he basically cuts a promo where he's doing, he's saying the opposite of his apology where he's saying, oh, you know, he starts calling people marks, tells them that they get bent out of shape over nothing, you know. I thought this was, it was, it was, and it was so corny and over the top it was per it was a perfectly pro wrestling promo and people still managed to get upset about it where i'm like no don't you get it what he's doing here is presenting he's showing you in the mirror he's like look i can i will call you guys marks but i'm obviously not serious about it because i'm clowning i'm being uh, a little over the top here like a pro wrestler should be People still manage to get angry. I don't understand. It was the most wrestling thing he's done in a long, long time. And it's critical, critical Sting said in the chat, Donovan Dickhead. I, it's fine. It's all, all part of the game. Donovan, uh, Dominic Dijak didn't have to go on, uh, didn't have to, go online and and, and tweet out whatever he tweeted out. He didn't have to do that. He did it. And he did it knowingly. He knows it's part of the game. He responds back. Not even dig it. I'm okay with it. It's stupid. It's all stupid. The fact that people get worked up about it and it suddenly becomes this huge, this, this huge thing about disrespect and drawing battle lines and I don't know. To me, this is this is all part of the game. People, there, are, I want to go back next year at this time of year, next year, 
next fall. And I want to compare the amount of aneurysms that happened in the United States at this time of year as opposed to 2018, 2017. Because I swear, we're going to be losing some people here. Everyone needs to chill out. Everyone needs seriously to chill out. There's no reason to get uh, to get overboard or excited. We have a new company, a fledgling company that's coming. Their PR is a, ah, a little messy, but that's to be expected. It's not a small company. It's not three people. You got already hundreds of people at their employ. It's not it, it's it's not an easy machine to maneuver. Trust me. They haven't even had a t. Uh, uh, they don't even. They haven't even started their weekly TV show yet. We're going to see what happens. We're going to see what happens, and all you can do is sit back and watch how it unfolds, how it proceeds. There's no point in getting worked up about all of this or feeling like you have to take sides. Or oh, this is so disrespectful. This is pro wrestling. This is what we're expected from. This is what's expected from these people. From these wrestlers, these company, these company men, we're ex- they. This is part of what they have to do: promote their brand. And we'll see what happens. I am excited to see Dynamite next week. I am really, really excited to see where this is going to go. And I am not going to judge them, crucify them in any shape or form. After their first ma- after their first television show, you got to give time to grow. You absolutely have to give some time to grow. And I don't care what the ratings are going to be. There's going to be so many factors into whether this is a success or not. I had some discussions this week, some back and forth. Someone who was telling me, you know. It's really shitty that WWE next week is running limited commercials. Like, why? Well, because they're not giving AEW a chance. Why would WWE give them a chance? Well, they're a startup fledgling company. They're the small guys. No, 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 no. And let's not get things mixed up here. AEW is not the small guy. They're not the, uh, they're not the, they're an upstart, but they're not the little guy. Not when you have NFL money, NFL owner money backing you up, not when you've held wrestling events in large venues, 10 to 13,000, 14,000 seats and sold the shit out. That's not a little guy. A little guy would be GCW trying to eke its way on television and WWE trying to crush it. Then you'd be like, yeah, that's a little excessive, Vince. Here... They have, a, they have a national television deal in North America. Nationwide TV. They're in the big leagues. They don't consider themselves the small guys. They don't. Maybe this is a an image that they want to project because it's very inspiring for the base to be very grassroots. But trust me, no one in that company, Tony Khan is not sitting with his dad who fronted him money or invested i don't know what the story exactly is and saying you know dad we're we're the small guys you know we're 
Because I'm sure his dad who pumped in, I don't know, maybe 50, 70 million dollars, I don't know, 80 million dollars into his company is like, yeah, no, you're not, I, not with the money I'm investing. This isn't small. We're not doing a tiny thing here. They're playing in the big leagues. They're up on, they're up on cable television and they're, they, they want, they have positioned themselves as an alternative to WWE. Something that the fans want and need it. Is WWE going to give them a chance? No! Of course not! WWE is going to... WWE is the market leader. They are going to act like a market leader. For good or ill. But they are going to say, Look, you guys are horning in on our racket? Well, if you want to play the game, the game's going to play... The, the, the game is going to play you a little bit too. It's just it's it's just that simple. It's not a question of it's not a question of being fair here. Cody, the cons, the bucks, Kenny, they are all aware of what they've got themselves into. And they're not expecting WWE to go soft on them. Just like fans shouldn't be expecting WWE to go soft on them. There's no reason. That's how the market works. That's what you do when you are a market leader. And like I said, for good or ill. So the fact that WWE is using its leverage to, to restrict the opportunities for its viewing audience to flip the channel to see what's going on the other side is smart strategy. Just like it was smart strategy for AEW to put Hangman Page versus Pac on their first show, hoping that the hardcore wrestling bubble will head on over to watch that match and hopefully stick around for the rest. If I'm AEW, I'm starting Dynamite with that match. I am starting it with that match. We'll see. We'll see what happens, of course. But for sure... That's all I wanted to say about that. But guys, just take it easy and enjoy the ride. Holy hell, there is so much wrestling out there. It has never been at a more beautiful moment in the history of wrestling to be a wrestling fan. There's so much choice and opportunities and, and, and possibilities to just watch wrestling. Just, just go out there, enjoy it, and stop just... Let people enjoy whatever they enjoy. You enjoy whatever you enjoy so that we can avoid all these levels of presidential harassment. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to wrap this up for tonight. I want to thank you all for coming out. I want to thank everyone for joining me in the chat. Uh, if you if you want more Warren Hayes, head on over to patreon.com slash Mr. Warren. Uh, yeah, slash Mr. Warren Hayes. <laughs> Why did I suddenly doubt my branding? Um, that's where you can find all sorts of Warren, uh, more Warren Hayes content. I just launched it today, so go check it out. Consider joining. Consider becoming a Patreon, a patron of my Patreon, and, uh, and we'll have some good times together. Join me. When's the next time? Uh, next Wednesday on Fightful for the uh, for the official premiere of the Monday Night Wars podcast or on Fightful. And otherwise, come back and see me right here 
next Thursday, 9 p.m. It'll be a good time. So, f- uh, and and just to remind you, if you do become a patron, a pa- why am I having such such difficult? If you do become a patron of my Patreon at the at the Power Pal tier, you will have access to an exclusive Patreon only continuation of the Mr. Warren Hayes Show immediately once I'm done with the mainstream right here. So, folks, go check it out. Thank you all, regardless of where you are and what you're doing. Thank you all so very much for watching and listening and all that jazz. And I will see you next time. Woohoo!